It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chasing it, the bounce sits up, the Dragons are steamrolling the week to the finals. Inside the last 10 seconds of the game, St George, Illawarra to the death, trying. Brown goes to the air, going back is Mabon. Oh, sleeping high and taking it in marvellous fashion with Rod Wishart. He has scored an incredible drive and ties this small game up. Bartram from 18 metres out, he strikes it nicely. St George Illawarra win for the first time in their Premiership line. Here's Nathan Blacklock down the sideline. Chipping over the top of Joel Kane. Got a red service bounce to win the game for the Dragons and book himself a New South Wales Blues origin jump. Good evening, folks, and welcome to episode 124 of the Red V Podcast, your home of everything St. George Illawarra. Jack Clifton and Johnny Pett here with you to guide you through everything that's happening at the club as we talk about a second consecutive win for the Red V. It was a really important, if not plucky, victory on Sunday afternoon against the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs out there at Belmore, the first time these clubs have ever played there and the first time that St. George or Illawarra had played at Belmore since 1996. But a big win for the Dragons as they find themselves just outside the top eight with the state of origin uh, set to uh, take our uh, attention away from the NRL, at least uh, for the next uh, couple of weeks. We're going to touch on that victory. We'll also touch on some of the latest Dragons news. We'll talk about the selections of Ben Hunt and uh, Tarek Sims in the uh, Queensland and New South Wales sides, respectively. We'll also answer your fans' questions and uh, round up the lower grade results. It was a good weekend for the Dragons. They won in all three grades for just the third time this year, uh, winning handsomely in Jersey in Jersey Fleek and also reserve grade. They're both playing Friday night against the Panthers, and we'll touch on that a little bit later on in the podcast. Johnny Pat is on the line down south, ready to talk everything St. George Illawarra, and I guess a little bit of a different podcast uh, tonight. Johnny, we're not going to be uh, talking about 
a match this week, so Dragons fans uh, don't need to be anxious or, or nervous. It's almost a week off, and they don't have to worry or, or get stressed about what uh, could transpire in the next few days. But a couple of wins, Johnny, certainly not the greatest wins in the history of St. George Illawarra, but you feel maybe just a bit of momentum uh, being churned over by, by the Red V. What did you make of uh, what, uh, what transpired for the Saints on Sunday? Yeah, look, it was a good Sunday afternoon there out at Belmore, and uh, look, there was a huge crowd out there at Belmore, and they put on a big show there out the Bulldogs, and uh, it was always going to be tough to go out to Belmore, uh, you know, back to Belmore, they call it each year, and the Dragons went out there, and they put a pretty pol- polished display on in that first half, and towards that second half there, it could have gone anyone's game, but the Dragons coming away with a 34-24 to victory, a um, couple of real good performances I'm sure we'll go through later, but I think the big takeout of the weekend, Jack, was the three grades getting up. I think it's mm. fantastic to see... Um, you know, your flag, your reserve grade and your first grade all uh, register victories for the weekend. So a, a huge weekend for St. George Illawarra. Let's transition into our Dragons news and updates this week, folks. Not a whole lot to go around. No uh, NRL team list to review, but we'll, uh, we'll touch on those selections of Tarek Sims and Ben Hunt in the state sides for the State of Origin coming up next week. Well, really, the only news we can talk about is State of Origin. And uh, despite the Dragons, I guess you could say inconsistent start to the season. Johnny, a 6-6 six and six record heading into the bye. Uh, the good news, I guess, is is both uh, Ben Hunt and Tarek Sims have been uh, selected. And I, I guess uh, for, for Tarek Sims, it is a bit of a surprising decision, not taking anything away from some of the, the impact and um, uh, versatility, I guess, for lack of a better term, and the physicality that Tarek shows. But considering that the, the likes of, of Josh Adekar, and I know Dan, Dan Daniel Safiti wasn't uh, wasn't fit, but a couple of those guys that did play in that series last year not not selected, and and Tarek is the man that will be slotting into that starting back row position, even though he has played a little bit on the bench uh, for the Dragons. That's good news. That's someone that we can cheer on uh, next Wednesday, especially if you're a Blues fan, Johnny. And then obviously Ben Hunt was always going to be picked in that that Queensland side, and there's uh, there's rumours circulating that he could be the starting hooker with Harry Grant to come off the bench. What do you make of the selections of, the, of those couple of Dragons players for next Wednesday State of Origin clash? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with Tarek getting selected and a lot of people, like they, they were tipping him not to be in that 17, but going on last year's form, Tarek was a sensational through the origin period and, you know, even though he's off to the storm ne- next season, I think he's been playing some decent football. Um, you know, I think Freddie Fittler, with, with his middles and with his fringes, he seems to sort of hold on to some of the players he likes and he's always had that liking for Tarek Sims and, you know, I think we all have been... In, in a way over the years where he plays that aggressive brand of football. He's a good line runner and he seems to bring his best game to the origin format. So um, not a surprise selection for me, but you're right in what you say, Jack, he's been in and out of the side with the dragons, either starting or on the bench. And um, let's just, let's just hope he puts his best foot forward, comes through the origin period and has an absolute blinder of a series um, on to Benny Hunt. Well, I think he will definitely will start at nine. Uh, Harry Grant, I think um, it was, uh, Billy Slater on the television the other day saying that Harry Grant's uh, got a bit of a flu at the moment, but that could be all smoke and mirrors as per usual for Queensland come this time of year. But look, I think Ben Hunt really does deserve his spot in that origin side. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy to see Ben Hunt start at nine. There are a lot of people are now talking saying that watch Ben Hunt play he should be the nine for the Dragons and bring Bud on to seven. You know, we've been hearing that for two years, but I think we'll see Benny Hunt have an absolute blinder. And he's another player that absolutely steps up to the occasion in the origin arena. 
Yeah, he's had a great season. I guess that helps us to segue into the next little segment of Dragons news and updates, Johnny. And that's that um, as the Dalian voting goes behind closed doors, Ben Hunt in the lead, 19 points. He picked up, I think, another three in that win against the the, the Bulldogs. And it obviously shows you the, the, the value. And I think we've touched on this a little bit on, um, on the podcast before earlier this year. And I think we've both agreed that I, I don't know if there's a more important player to their side than someone um, like a Ben Hunt. I'm not saying that Ben Hunt is the absolute best player in the competition, but I think if you take out a Nathan Cleary from the Panthers, as influential as Nathan is, we saw at the start of the season where Sean O'Sullivan and Jerome Luai in the halves and the, the, the likes of some of those other players stepping up, your um, uh, Liam Martins, Isaiah Yowes, those guys in the Ford pack, they're able to, I guess, negotiate past that that loss of, of Nathan Cleary. Now, with the Dragons, the, the points certainly aren't flowing for, for the Red V like they are for some of the other sides. And I think if you you take away um, Ben Hunt from that side, not only the, the class that he shows as a, as a ball runner and a ball player, but just the leadership that he's shown over these last couple of years, I don't know if the Dragons would be churning out too many more um, victories. And I, I think based on that, the six wins we've got this year, you could probably go back and watch every one of those games in, in great detail, Johnny, and, and realize that Ben uh, Ben Hunt's had his his fingerprints and his handprints all over those victories for the Red V. Yeah, look, he sure has. He's had, a, he's had a really good season. He's backed up last year's form of 2021 and brought into 2022, and he, he has been a standout for the Dragons, and it just shows on the Dally M medal list there at the moment. He is top of the tree uh, going behind closed doors this weekend. Um, look, it's a funny one, the Dally M medal, because... I remember a couple of years ago, RTS won it, and he was a standout for the Warriors. And each week, he was getting he was getting three points for the Warriors. And I think the, the Warriors come down the bottom of the ladder that year. Um, it's sort of a similar situation to what the Dragons are doing with Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt's mm. been the standout week in, week out, so he's getting the three points in, in a weaker sort of side. The teams like your Panthers and your Storm, they sort of share around the three points um, each week. You know, the Panthers going between Isaac Yeo and uh, Nathan Cleary and players like that, Jerome Luai. But look. Benny Hunt is having an absolute fantastic season, and um, let's just hope that post-Origin series, ben, Benny Hunt can bring that form from before Origin and heading into Origin, and, and you know, put it in, on the table there for the Dragons for the remainder of the rounds. Um, you know, come that pointy end of the season and down towards round 24, we want to see Benny Hunt firing and um, the Dragons in the eight, and he's the man to keep us in that eight or push us into the eight. Yeah, I saw the mole um, complaining about it on social media the, the other day, but I, I did see some good replies too because I, I think I think the mole um, or Tony Adams was was kind of um, negotiating your 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 thinking, um, Johnny, in, in in the the sense that yeah, some of the better sides it probably doesn't recognise the the ability of some of those those players and especially with some of the the uh, the Dallium judgments that we've seen some of the the, the former players or journalists that, that cast votes, it's, it's made it a little bit of a controversial uh, award. But I think effectively it's very, very similar to, to what we see with the NFL, with the MVP um, results year after year now over in um, in America with American football. It's the quarterbacks that are, that are getting uh, the votes and they're the ones that are winning these MVP um, uh, awards and it's not going to defensive players. So I, I don't know whether you, you break down the awards or what, but I think it shows a, a special season that Ben Hunt's having when he's on 19 points and, and there's no guarantee that he'll go on and win the Dallium Awards, but he's certainly going to be up around that that top five or top six, you feel, and his, uh, his value to St. George Illawarra um, is really being underpinned, and yeah, let's hope that he gets through the state of origin period unscathed, um, but it uh, would be interesting to see if Benny is rested through some of these games, and the Dragons do have to play with uh, with Jaden Sullivan uh, waiting in the wings in reserve grades for the Red V. Uh, that wraps up all of our Dragons news and updates for this week, folks. Not too much to uh, report, not too much media or news out there 
about the Dragons. Of course, they have the bye this week, so they will move themselves on to 14 competition points. And if results uh, do go their way, they could potentially fight themselves into the top eight um, with a, a match up against the North Queensland Cowboys uh, on Friday night. So only a couple of days next week uh, after that State of Origin clash, so not too long for uh, Tarek Sims and Ben Hunt to, to rest the body. But sometimes I do say that uh, a, a quick turnaround sometimes is good after State of Origin, not giving the body uh, too much time uh, to, to feel the aches and pains. But uh, that'll be something that we'll certainly focus on on next week's podcast. Uh, time for us to take our first little break here on the Red V Podcast, episode 124 coming at you tonight. And on the other side of that, Johnny and I are going to dissect that high-scoring and drama-fueled game against the Canary Bankstown Bulldogs out there at Belmore. A 34 points to 24 win. The Dragons eventually pulling the game out of the fire. Unconvincing at times, but back-to-back wins and a four-point win effectively for the Dragons as well. That's coming up all next here on the Red V Podcast. Match review time brought to you by the Cogger Clubhouse here on episode 124 of the Red V Podcast. Well, it was back-to-back wins for the St. George Illawarra Dragons on Sunday. Johnny, it was a an interesting game. It was probably a little bit similar to what we saw against the Warriors where I wouldn't go as far as saying the Dragons only played for, for one half, but they certainly looked a lot more convincing in the first half after they were able to weather a little bit of a, a storm by the Bulldogs in the first 10 minutes. Then we saw that flurry of, of tries. I think it was three tries. In, in nine minutes with um, Benny Hunt uh, crashing over and, and doing a, wonder, a wonderful bit of individual uh, brilliance to score and, and, Co- and Cody Ramsey setting up Matt Fiernay to, to cross over and, and Tatao Moga on the other side. And at 16-2 to the Dragons, kind of heading into the last 10 minutes of that first half. Johnny, you're feeling cock-a-hoop if you're, you're a fan of the, the, the Red V. I, I know there's uh, fans that are probably saying they never feel that that excited watching the Dragons play, but they, they'd fought themselves into a good position. But then, I guess, unfortunately, that... Um, that those defensive fragilities and, and a bit of softness through the middle saw the dogs get one before the break and then they got another couple um, early in the second half and then it was just kind of tit for tat in that that second half. The Dragons doing enough to to hold on to that that ten point uh, ten point win. Uh, Johnny, what did you make of of I guess the overall performance of uh, of that game against the Bulldogs on Sunday? I'll, I'll start with the highlight of the match, Jack, and that's Blocker Laurie getting his <laughs> meat pie. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I was sitting down the pub watching it with a few mates and. Um, you know, we're all a bit, a bit of Blocker fans, and uh, it was good to see him cross the stripe. There wasn't a happier man in Australia than Blocker Laurie after he he, got, he bagged his first meat pie in, in the NRL. It was 95 games or something that's taken poor Blocker, but, you know, he's off the nudie run for the season, which is fantastic. He won't have to get his rig out down at Wynn Stadium on Man <laughs> Monday. But, uh, yeah, look, that, that, that period where Tao Moga, Matty Fainai, and Benny Hunt scored tries, uh, that was probably the the highlight of, of, of the, the game in that first half at and then going into that second half, you know, we're just outside of the first half. Jake Averello scores his first. And then moments after the halftime break, Averello goes in again. And, you know, not long after that, Kyle Flanagan goes in. And, you mm. know, there's only a few points in the ball game, But then Zach Lomax crosses the stripe um, a couple of minutes later. And, look, the, the Bulldogs had more, a better completion rate. They, they had 52% of the ball, uh, 81% completion rate. Um, Dragons' numbers were very, very poor if you like doing your stats. If the Dragons were up against any other side by the Bulldogs, I think that we would have got to hand it to us out there at Belmore, to be honest. Mm. But in a way, you know, the the grittiness, the fight, uh, Macca's try there in the 60, 62nd minute. Yeah, that was um, important, wasn't it? it? It was very, very important. And that was the that was the turning point of the game where I, I thought, well, that's the match winner. 
and I don't think the Bulldogs can come back from here. And then after that, Blake Laurie scored few individual performances. Jack, I thought Zach Lomax was probably one of our better ones mm. there on the weekend. I think it was his best was game pre- for the season, wouldn't you say, Johnny? Yeah, I was pretty impressed with Zach. And I've, um, you know, I've been a little bit harsh on Zach. And going into the origin period this season, I would have thought, or, or you know, a few rounds out, we would have seen the best out of Zach because you know his name's always thrown up there in origin contention. Mm. And with the likes of Turbo and Latrell Mitchell not being able for selection, it did throw a bit of a spanner in the works of who was going to be named in that centre position. And if Zach Lomax was in any sort of real good form, I'm sure he would have been in the mix there. Uh, look, I was, I, was, I was impressed with a couple of our middles. I thought that we, we held our middle at times, but then again, we just turned the tap on and we, we, we leaped like a sieve through the middle at times mm. as well, Jack. So uh, an inconsistent performance up against a Bulldog side that really didn't offer too much in attack. Let's talk about Zach Lomax for a, for a moment, Johnny, because we've we've spoken about him uh, sparingly at times, I think, on the podcast. We probably haven't focused that much attention on him, and he certainly played well the last two weeks. People playing devil's advocate would probably argue that that uh, he's played well against probably two of the, the weaker defensive sides in the New Zealand Warriors um, and the, the Canary Bankstown Bulldogs over the last fortnight. But it was good to see him... Um, just showing some real vigour with, with some of those ball carries, using that strength, not trying to overplay his hand uh, a little bit. And I guess when you when you look back and, and look at the career of Zach Lomax at the Dragons, kind of being drafted in, in, in at the back end of 2018, where he, he played in that finals game up there against the Broncos and was kicking goals on the sideline. And, and then in 20, 2019 and, and 2020, he was really making a name for himself, especially in, in 2020 in a disrupted season with coaches being sacked and uh, the Dragons struggling to score points. I, I was chatting to Tim Boucher, who's a, a big fan of the Red V podcast earlier today. And I think Tim was throwing around some stats that he, he, he scored 50% of, uh, of the Dragons points that year. He had seven try assists. We just haven't seen that, 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 that from him. And it, it, it's, it's a shame because I, I feel with the Dragons' limited options in attack, it seems to be kind of Ben Hunt or Cody Ramsey are, are the only ones that, and Junior Ramon to a, to a lesser extent, are the ones that are creating the opportunities. But when you've got a real weapon out there like Zach, it's, uh, it, it feels it feels like he's someone that probably does need to, to stand up and create a little bit of magic like a, a Mark Coyne and a Matt Cooper used to do when they were insides that weren't a brim full of, of talent. And I, I kind of feel a little bit bad for Zach in terms of this was a great opportunity for, for him to, to pull on that sky blue jersey. And I don't know if there's going to be a, as good of an opportunity with the likes of, of Latrell Mitchell and Tom Draboyevic ruled out. And uh, we can argue until the cows come home and we're blue in the face as to, to what Jack Whiten... Um, the value that he offers at centre being being a 5'8", but I, I feel it's a, it's a bit of a missed opportunity for Zach. He's played some good footy, but um, it's probably come at, uh, at, too, at too late of a cost and uh, probably against two of the sides that, um, yeah, I, I don't know if you, you really look too much into the, the form line with, uh, with, with players when they're performing against the likes of the Warriors and the Bulldogs, Johnny. Yeah, look, he's, he's, he's been on and off. And, you know, I, I think even if you talk to Zach, he'll even admit that his form probably hasn't been as consi- consistent as what he would have liked um, it, this season. Um, you know, he, it's been a struggling couple of years for the Dragons, and, and Zach has been one of those standout performers for us. The, the going into this week's game, I was, I was actually really looking forward to the battle between Zach Lomax and Aaron Shop. You know, I'm a huge fan of Shoppy, and I think Shoppy's been one of those really strong defensive centres. And Zach going up against someone like that really had to step up to the plate, and mm. Zach really did. Um, him and Shoppy went toe to toe that whole time, and you know, I don't think either one of them really got the points over each other. But uh, look, Zach needed to make a statement on the weekend just to keep in the selectors' minds that he's still eligible and wanting to play. 
state of origin. I think that's what he's done. But I think he left that game two or three games too late, Jack. If he'd played that game a couple of weeks ago, it might have been in the minds of the selectors a little bit prior to, you know, an hour out of the, out of their side being announced that we all know that side was selected last week. We've spoken about it a little bit so far, Johnny, but how did you rate the Dragons' defensive performance? It was hard for me to really analyse uh, the, the game until I, I got home and watched it, having been at the ground at, at Belmore. But from what I could see in different portions of, of the first and second half, Moses Embi looked like he did get um, uh, a little bit bullied physically in the, in the middle of the park. And they do have some big boppers as well. Raymond uh, Fatala Marin has come back for the dogs. Paul Vaughan, I thought, kind of put his hand up and had a had a pretty solid outing. Um, they've got some good good players there. How did you rate the, the defensive performance over the, the most part of the 80 minutes by the Dragons? Way too many mixed missed tackles, Jack. 32 missed tackles. This, yeah, it's, it's still happening, isn't it, Johnny? Yeah. It, it, it's still, there's still too much. I mean, at, in patches in certain sets of six when they're D'ing up, they are putting in the effort. They're looking real good. They're shutting down plays, but... It's just the, the little bit of laziness, the little bit of the, you know, the not that those little one percenters that are going missed where the Dragons are still making some poor defensive reads and some poor, some poor defensive decisions and, I and think some that, poor I th- missed tackles. I think that's it, Johnny. Sorry to interrupt, but it, it, it does still seem to be those those poor defensive reads because just from watching the, the games in the last couple of weeks, and I'm no uh, Nostradamus when it comes to, to, to rugby league, uh, but it just seems like a lot of these Dragons players find themselves out of position. The, the only, only way... I only reason you're going to be uh, attempting to grab the jersey of a player um, or jersey grabbing in general is because you find yourself out of position. That seems to be happening regularly, and it was certainly happening a lot against the, the Bulldogs side that created a lot of offloads. Dragons struggled to tie up the footy as well, Johnny. Yeah, I totally agree, Jack. And that front-on defence that, you know, get your body in front of them is just not happening at the moment at, at crucial stages of the game, and that's where we're starting to leak, and that's where we're starting to um, give points away to the other teams. Yeah, disappointing um, defensive um, performance by the Dragons. Positive, I guess, to, to get 34 against the Dogs, although they have struggled to to contain sides, and the Tigers a week prior did score 36 uh, against them. So I don't know how much you, you really take uh, from that, Johnny. But I, I, I am really enjoying starting to see the Yamone Hunt combination. Um, I think we're really starting to see it going from from strength, uh, strength to strength. Obviously, they did a bit of training in preseason, um, but uh, there was there was no guarantee that, that Junior w- was going to be the six. He started at six, and then he was on the bench, but he's found himself back into that 5'8 role. Um, I, I thought they, they're starting to look a bit more comfortable with each other, um, but I guess on the flip side of that, do we have a bit of an issue when it comes to the, the fifth tackle option for the Dragons, especially when we're, we're um, taking sets out of our, uh, our own. And it, it, Junior Ramon doesn't really strike me as someone that it, it, that is uber confident on, on tackle five to either launch one of those uh, attacking kicks up or, or a clearing kick away. Benny Hunt seems to do a lion's share of the, the kicking. And certainly when you see the Dragons get inside the 20, I, I, I don't know that the last time that I've seen an attacking kick by the Dragons, apart from from bombing bombing to a corner, we very rarely see grubbers or anything along those lines. Johnny, is, is it a bit of cause for concern? concerned that we don't see Junior kicking a lot or is, or is it purely just the fact that his strength is in running the football and, and putting players outside of him you know, into gaps and over for the trials and, and those kinds of things? I think, John, as we all know, Jun's best asset as a player is his running game. Um, and, you know, coming through the juniors and watching those junior rep games, Jun's always had uh, Bud inside of him and Bud did 99% of the kicking. Bud's got a real good kicking game long and he's got a good kicking game short. But Juns, he has got an actual pretty good kicking game himself. His his mid range to short kicking game is very very handy, and we've seen it in certain glimpses throughout his you know short first grade career. 
But it just seems at the moment the ball just goes straight back to Hunt every time and Hunt puts the kick up. So I don't know if that's if that's a directive coming from Hook Griffin that Benny Hunt's got to do 99% of the kicking or Juns just hasn't got the confidence at the moment in the NRL to do do share the kicking load. But I think it's a, it's a concern that's going to have to be addressed because as a defensive side, you know that nine out of ten times that ball is going to Ben Hunt on the last for a kick. So if you've got a, a real good a front row that can really run up and put a shot on Ben Hunt and knock down that play, and we've seen it over and over again mm. that, that Benny Hunt at times does put in that poor kick, whether it's a, a missed kick and it's just an, an up and under for, for the fullback or you know it's a misplaced kick that, that dribbles out the sideline or you know, it even goes up and goes backwards and get, gets caught mm. in the wind. It, it, it is a concern where there's no plan B, and that's where the Dragons need to come up with something. Whether McCulloch sort of start kicking out a nine or Moses Inby when he goes into nine can kick. But, you know, the answer to that, Jack, is the gap filler that we all want to see play more NRL, and that's Bud Sullivan. Um, mm. Bud can kick out a nine. Bud can kick out a seven. Um, but, yeah, that, that's where Jones has been. as a, Not in the shadow, but he's always been a second-string kicker behind Bud in all these junior teams coming through. Much gets said about the, the those young guys and their their development, Johnny, and, and the fact that uh, Anthony Griffin was uh, was supposedly the, the the man at Penrith that was was able to to push those young guys through and help them d- develop. From from your point and, and purely from your your opinion, Johnny, just as a just as a, a footy fan and someone that's been involved with with footy, are you, are you happy with with Junior Moan's development at, uh, as it stands for the Dragons? Yeah, look, I, I think a lot of players, regardless of how good they are, have got to got to get that reality check and get knocked back to the bench or back to reserve grade to realise what they've got to chase and what they've got to work for. Um, I, I think the development of Juns will really come out in the next couple of seasons. I don't know if it's going to be a, a beautiful move by Hook Griffin to put into the bench and let him, you know, sit back and watch a bit of first grade and watch other players do it. Um, you know, I'm always of the understanding that if you're old enough, you're good enough and to learn, just mm. throw you in the deep end and do your best. But in saying that, Jack, and I'll go off the topic a little bit here, I did watch Tyrell Sloan's game the other day in reserve grade and, and Bud Sullivan, and um, they were just head and shoulders above the rest. Mm. Um, those two players have gone back to reserve grade and just outshone everyone in there, in my opinion, and really need to get back into the NRL to, to test themselves and develop as players. And I think that's where Junior Ramon is at the moment. I think dropping Junior back to reserve grade wouldn't be a good idea. I think mm. the more that these players play first grade, get thrown in the deep end and learn their trade, um, the better footballs they're, they're going to come. And you know what? I'll go back to me, me little mate, or me big mate, Aaron Shop, and he's the same sort of player that, you know, he was playing good NRL, dropped back to reserve grade, and he, he doesn't look like getting dropped out of that bulldog side now. Mm. Um, each week he's getting better and better because he's getting exposed to the NRL. And staying on that point, Johnny, because you, you brought up a couple of good points about Bud Sullivan. He, he put another really good shift for the Dragons New South Wales Cup side on the weekend. We'll touch on that a little bit later on in, in the podcast in more depth. A, a 40 points to 22 win. But I, I think when you look back on this New South Wales Cup side, and they've certainly had some some issues and had some pretty bad defeats, but they've had some nice wins. And I, I guess, Johnny, most of those those good wins or any of the wins have come with, with Jaden Sullivan in, in that, that halfback role. He's starting to bring a lot of composure to that side and We've seen he's uh, he's a wonderful organising half, but he's also a great uh, attacking footballer as well. He loves to run the ball. He's great at running the ball. He's got a good short attacking kicking game, and he's got a decent long kicking game. Do you think some of these consistent performances we're seeing from Bud will 
maybe not force Anthony Griffin's hand, but is it going to put pressure on maybe a junior Ramon at six or some of those guys like Andy McCulloch and Moses Embi that are wearing the, the number nine or playing in that, that hooker role for the Dragons? Or do we just see what's been happening this, these last couple of weeks? Does Bud just have to, along with Toro Sloan, bide his time in reserve grade? Yeah, look, Bud Sullivan's an absolute talent, Jack. And, um, you know, Russ Aiken, when he goes into a game there in that New South Wales Cup, knowing he's got Bud Sullivan, he must feel like Chris Waller going to the races with Winks. He knows he's going to win that game. Um, he is a standout performer, Bud Sullivan, and he definitely put pressure on the likes of Moses Mbai and, and Andy McCulloch. Um, you know, Bud's just a very bit unlucky that he's got that the halfback and captain in Ben Hunt standing in front of him at the moment and Ben Hunt in some tremendous form. There's going to have to be a time very, very shortly where – um, Hook Griffin does make a decision whether to, to punt Andy McCulloch or he's going to have to punt Moses Umbai back to reserve grade mm. because Bud, Bud Sullivan's not going to hang around another season or two seasons and, and flounder around in reserve grade knowing that he's a, he's a first-grade player. So Hook's going to have to make a decision very, very shortly and get him accustomed to the NRL. If he doesn't throw him in the deep end very, very shortly, Jack, we could have another case in the next few years where – Bud is going to be in and out of reserve grade, and potentially there's going to be the rumours like there was with um, Tyrell Sloan and, and Junior Ramone going to other clubs to get exposed to more NRL. Mm. Um, Bud needs to play first grade to develop his own game and, and work on the combinations for the next few seasons that we know that are going to be absolutely sensational for the Dragons. We know that this young crop and players like Bud are the future of the club, and if we don't get them exposed to the NRL very, very shortly, some other club's going to put their hand up and say, come and play for us and... Um, you can you can be a marquee player and start in halfback, and that could be one of the worst decisions that the Dragons can can do. Yeah, and I think there comes a time as well, Johnny, that you've just got to bite the bullet. And if you've got a quality guy there um, and, and you've got a couple of veterans like he does, and, and uh, looking back on Andy McCulloch's career, when he started with Brisbane, he had the likes of, of Mick Ennis, who wasn't Mick, – Mick wasn't old at, at that stage. He had him and, and also Aaron Gorrell, who, who played for St. George Illawarra in front of him. And unfortunately, there comes a time where you've just got to bite the bullet. You've got some good young talent. Either you've got to play them um, or you've, you've got to let them, let them go. And obviously, us Dragons fans don't want to see Jaden Sullivan or Tyrell Sloan or – a junior man anywhere else we think they can win premierships here at the club and uh, I think the club uh, and more specifically um, Anthony Griffin has to make a decision sooner or later because uh, otherwise we could be losing um, these uh, the, these cracking young guys um, Johnny I know it wasn't an overly convincing win um, but back to back wins now you feel a little bit of momentum is being built into the bye it'll be interesting to see how they respond after the bye, we're taking on the North Queensland Cowboys in a couple of weeks on a Friday night up there in in Townsville. It was pretty much a four point win, up to fourteen points on the competition ladder. Twenty eight generally is what is is needed to to make the finals. Thirty to to be absolutely safe. We're probably at the halfway mark of the season after this round, or a bit past the halfway mark. How how are you feeling as a as a Dragons fan, and and do you feel a bit of momentum might be able to get built here by the Dragons over the next month? Yeah, well, that that was a must-win game going into the buy up against the Bulldogs. It was a it was a concerning week leading in up to it because we know that the Dragons can potentially lose mm. those games. The the winnable games are usually the ones that the Dragons seem to lose. But going into the buy this week, it was a must-win. And then looking at the next few rounds, I think there's a few winnable games in front of us, Jack. So look, momentum going into the, into the buy is a good thing. Let's just hope the buy doesn't stop the momentum because we know that over the years we've seen the Dragons go into the buy and then. Think they can, you know, go on a bit of a roll and then come mm. back after missing a, a week of football. They seem to go on a downward spiral. 
We didn't win a game after the bye last year, Johnny. No, well, uh, no. yeah, it was it was I think eight or nine straight defeats. So let's hope that's not the that's not the case uh, this time round. Um, the boys will be resting up in the bodies, and any those guys have niggling injuries, good for them uh, to have uh, to have a week off um, as well. As so that wraps up our match review against the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. No match preview this week, due by virtue of the Dragons uh, do have the the bye. But uh, in place of that, we had a, a chat a little bit earlier today uh, with Toby Couchman. Toby uh, is uh, a player that's uh, been representing the Jersey Flake side. He, uh, some fans may have recognised his his name. I know he was signed, him and his brother Ryan signed up with the Dragons a, a couple of years ago, Win Sports TV, and, and Corey Hammond. Hammo, a good friend of the podcast, uh, did a report on that last year. He also represented the Illawarra Steelers in the SG Ball competition earlier this year, and now has made himself onto the bench for the Jersey Flake side. So we chatted with him about uh, his aspirations and goals for the 2022 season, how the transition has been moving from that under-19 state competition into the Jersey Flake side, and I uh, guess what training uh, is like uh, as he was about to head off to training before we chatted to him as well. So we hope that you enjoy our chat with Toby Couchman here on the Red V Podcast. You're listening to the Red V Podcast. Jack Lifton and Johnny Pett here with you, guiding you through everything about the mighty St. George Illawarra Dragons. It was a wonderful night on Friday night for the St. George Illawarra Dragons jersey flag. Their under-21 side had a triumphant win against the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. It was the first of three wins in all grades uh, for the Red V, winning by 36 points to six, and they are still comfortably nestled inside the top four, the Dragons. And to help us talk us through uh, that performance and also um, how his season has been going is one of their bench players, uh, Toby Catt. Toby has uh, made his way uh, up through the grades. He was playing for the Illawarra Steelers SG ball side earlier this year and uh, and most recently the last few weeks has been drafted into uh, Willie Talao's side that is uh, is um, is showing some really good form uh, over the last month or so. Toby's been good enough to to jump on and chat to us here at the Red V podcast. Uh, Toby, thanks for for joining us, mate. Uh, How are you traveling this afternoon? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Yep, doing very well, Toby, and, and thanks again for uh, for giving up some time. I know you've got training in a couple of hours, so we appreciate you kind of giving up a little bit of time to, to chat footy. Um, I guess to, to start, uh, Toby, from from an outside view, looking at your season so far, your 2022 season, it seems to be a bit of a, a whirlwind. It's certainly been um, a, a season where you've no doubt ticked off a couple of goals and different things like that, playing with the Illawarra Steelers SG ball side initially in the, I guess, in the, the NRL preseason but uh, through that uh, that SG Ball junior rep season um, and now you find yourself on on the bench and having played a few games uh, for the for the Jersey Flag Dragons side. How have you analysed yet your season so far? Yeah, you're right. It's definitely been a tough year with the, with the rain. Our SG Ball team had like one home game all year. Mm. There was extended periods of time like where we weren't even on the field, couldn't couldn't get on the court. We still we still man- we were training on court. Sorry, we managed to make the finals. It got beat by Penrith, who were too good for us on the day. Our goal was to win it, but overall it was a good year. But yeah, it's good to be playing flag now. You spent the early portion of the season, uh, Toby, with the, the Steelers SG ball side like we just spoke about. Um, what's the transition like when you move to, to Jersey flag? Often we, we hear players talk about the transition of, of moving from, from New South Wales Cup or reserve grade to, to first grade. What's, what's the level uh, in class and speed, speed like when, you, when you're jumping from an under-19 competition to the, to the under-21 age group with the Jersey flag lads? It's been a good transition. The teammates and coaches have made it pretty smooth. Um, Training is a lot more intense. It's, de- it's a really hard-working team, and when you're playing, it's definitely faster. You notice that. But 
I'm really enjoying it, playing in the team, and I'm learning a lot, so it's good. Yeah, I think we, you, you were mentioning just before off air when we were chatting before, Toby, that you thought it would be a, a bit of a, an intense training session. Uh, Willie Tillow is, is known for, for kind of throwing um, throwing you guys through through your paces. What what is a I guess no training session is is going to be the same, but what is a, what is a training session tonight? What what's that going to look like? Do you reckon? Uh, well, it's usually Wednesday, but seeing we play Friday, it's Tuesday today. But yeah, usually the middle session of the week's pretty tough. Usually involves some contact, sometimes a bit of fitness, but yeah, mainly just the contact. Uh, so let's uh, let's I guess uh, go back a little bit, uh, Toby, and and take a look at that win on Friday night. Um, it's been a pretty good season for the Jersey Fleek side, much like it was last year before before COVID kind of uh, ruined ruined the season. But a thirty six points to six win against Canterbury, who are traditionally pretty strong if it's if it's not junior reps, at least in Jersey Fleek and, and the New South Wales Cup competition, and a, a Friday night game as well. Under lights there at Belmore at Belmore Sports Ground, which which got used for the NRL game on on Sunday. What was the I guess the experience like of, of playing there at Belmore? But what did you take out of that that performance against the Dogs? It was a it was a good win for the team. Like most pleasing part would have definitely been that we versed that team a couple of weeks ago and we didn't quite perform how we would have liked. It, playing it felt like the game was there for us to take and we just couldn't. We just didn't do it. So to come out on. Um, Belmore and beat them there pretty well. It was definitely pleasing to bounce back from a couple of weeks ago when we had a draw with them. You're kind of moving up towards the halfway mark of the season or around the halfway mark of the season, Toby. And I know there's probably been a, a bit of chopping and changing with players coming up um, from SG Ball. I know um, Jack Bostock's been able to been in the squad and, and he played uh, he played on on Friday night with with yourself. And I know there's a few of those other SG Ball guys that are kind of knocking knocking on the door. Does it feel like the, the squad's a bit more settled settled now that you, you've got uh, players in in their regular positions and playing some some regular rugby league? Yeah. I'm- I'm not too sure what the squad's going to look like as full time. Um, there's a lot of um, injuries at the moment, but mm. yeah, to, to be playing, yeah, Jack's playing. Jack played well Friday night, but yeah, there's a few of us all up there. A couple have got a crack. I think a fair few have actually played now, so it's been it's good experience for us all playing in that team. When you um, started the the season, um, Toby, was Jersey Fleek one of those those goals that you, you you might have wanted to tick off after the the junior rep season finished? No doubt, every player that plays in those junior rep competitions, whether it's the the Maddie's Cup, SG Ball, or, or Tasha Gal Cup, or even the the Andrew Johns um, and, and Laurie Daly Cups, that every every player wants to try and win win the premiership. But I guess outside of the SG Ball kind of goals that you had, was was uh, Jersey Fleek one of those goals that you had? And I guess, do you have any other goals kind of leading into the to the rest of 2022? Um, yeah, that definitely was one of my goals. I wanted to go up and play Jersey Flag after it when SG Ball finished. My my main goal at the moment is just to keep playing good footy, try and keep playing good footy wherever I'm playing. And that like that, that leads to good things. Uh, hopefully I can make the New South Wales 19 side when that gets picked. But well, obviously, the long-term goal is to play NRL, but just at the moment, just trying to focus on playing good footy whenever I can, and that leads to good things. I guess one of the, the drawbacks of, of some of the lower-grade footy uh, for us fans, uh, Toby, is the fact that we don't we don't get to see see a lot of it. Uh, occasionally, we get to see a, a reserve-grade game if it's televised, but that isn't the case with with the Jersey Fleek um, competition for player uh, for for fans that haven't seen uh, haven't seen you play in person and don't know the the quite the, the kind of style of, of player that you are. How would you describe uh, describe yourself as or describe your your playing style. Uh, I, I try and be a well-rounded player. Um, I'd say my strengths for my position would be definitely my fitness and my leg speed. But I also just want to be that player that um, 
is a good teammate and your teammates can trust on the field and coaches trust too. And also, um, to, uh, Toby, before we um, finish off our, our chat, um, always love when we, we chat to young guys to, to find out the background, I guess, where your love of rugby league has come from, but but also where you've played your, your junior footy and how you've kind of made your way to, to, to the Dragons. Could you give us a bit of uh, um, info, or a little bit of background on, on yourself and your, your brother Ryan, how you've kind of ended up at, at not only the Dragons, but also um, in the Steelers' junior representative sides as well? Yeah, so... We've always loved footy, like since we were young, even before we could play. And under sixes was our first year, so we started playing when we were five for the Thrill Butchers, and we we loved it since. And that's such a good club, Thrill Butchers. We love playing there. We played right through to under 18. So I suppose with that, we've always been Illawarra juniors, being like in and out of um, Illawarra teams going up. But Dragons have always been our local club, and we've always supported them. So. To have a good year of junior reps and to be playing, uh, with the Dragons now, it's, it's really good. Before we finished, uh, Toby, we, we spoke about this a little bit off air before. Uh, back-to-back Friday night games, hence why you've got a training training tonight um, up against another really good side, the, the Penrith Panthers, who might even have some of those SG ball guys that knocked you out of the, the semifinals on on, uh, on on Friday night. What's the What are the keys uh, going to be to victory uh, against the Panthers on, out there at, at Panther Stadium on, on Friday? And what are the what's the the words uh, on the instructions going to be from from the coaching staff when you guys rock up to training tonight? Yeah, well, we we haven't done any video on them yet, but it's always it's always focus on ourselves first with this team. Like, if mm. we play well and focus on what we do, I think we can beat any team in the comp. So, we'll be training hard tonight, really trying to complete well. I suppose we've we've done that well versus Bulldogs, and we've got a good result. I think fix up some areas in our defence, bit of, of defensive areas in our middle from the Bulldogs game. I'm sure we'll want to do that, and yeah. Just uh, well, try and focus on ourselves. Uh, well, Toby, we uh, we wish you the best of luck on Friday. Hopefully, it's uh, it's another win for for the Dragons, and we congratulate you on your progression um, through the the SG Ball competition into the Jersey Fleek side. And looking forward to seeing you play at the the rest of the year. And and thanks so much for for joining us here on the Red V Podcast this afternoon. Thanks, heaps. Thanks for having me. Hi, I'm Ben Cray, and you're listening to the Red V Podcast with Jack and Johnny. Huge thanks to Toby for dropping by the podcast and giving us a bit of insight into that St. George Illawarra Dragons at Jersey Flake under 21 side. Always a pleasure to chat to these young guys uh, trying to carve out a career in the mighty Red V. Well, talking of Jersey Flake, that brings us to our lower grade, uh, lower grade wrap here on the Red V podcast, taking a look at the Jersey Flake and the New South Wales Cup systems for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. And like we've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast tonight, it was a great weekend for the Red V. They won in all three grades for just the third time this year. Uh, Jersey Flake, uh, a big win on Friday night against the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs at Belmore by 36 points to six. And then on the precursor or the curtain raiser to Sunday's game at Belmore, uh, the New South Wales Cup side ran right 40 points to 22 against the Dogs. The Dogs scored a couple of late tries to add some respectability to the scoreline. But it was a very good weekend um, for the lower grades, uh, Johnny. And we've spoken about Jaden Sullivan and the performances that he's been putting up. But I thought Jackson Ford and Jack Gazevsky also showed uh, some uh, some real toughness in the uh, the middle and the edges of the park for the Dragons. And George Burgess, big Georgie boy, he uh, took about five defenders with him to crash over for a try, a barnstorming try for the Dragons on the stroke of, of half time. So some good form being shown uh, in reserve grade, which is which is positive after a bit of a barren run over the previous month. 
Yeah, they haven't had the best of seasons. It's been an up-and-down season for Russ Aiken's men. But, you know, it does does come in a bit of a drama each selection week when you, you, you're shifting players in between grades. So it's hard to sort of gauge where you're going to be week in, week out, what combinations you're going to work with. But, you know, a couple of good tries there to Sam McCann. Um, he's he's in and out of that Illawarra system down here with collegians, and he put his right foot forward there, and probably going to look at cementing one of his one of those wing spots going forward long term. He'll probably battle it out there with guys like Jonathan Jonathan Rubin, and also uh, Alexander Lobben players mm. like that that can potentially jump up. Trey Stewart will see him probably play on the picket swing this week. I thought Cameron Cry was pretty good. He sort of directed a bit of traffic around there, but it was the the Bud Sullivan show to be honest, Jack. It was um it was his game. He was an absolute standout. Um, and, you know, Tyrell Sloan, I think, done some great work there backing up and just that combination. You could see they're just in sync together all the time, Bud and Tyrell. And um, the, the more these two play together, the better they're going to be no matter what grade they're playing. And I'd love to see them in the in the top grade doing their thing, Jack, because um, mm. they're excitement machines. Yeah, the Dragons are taking on the Panthers this Friday night. It's a double header out there. It's actually before uh, the Panthers uh, game on uh, on Friday night, but uh, probably a great opportunity, Johnny, for the Dragons to to, to get a, a few wins on on the bounce now because because of state of origin, the Panthers have actually uh, lost some of those those good young players. Your, your Kurt Falls, your Sean O'Sullivan's have been bumped up from that Panthers reserve grade system um, in into first grade. So it is a, a weaker Penrith side that the Dragons will face. Five twenty p.m. out there at, uh, at Bluebet Stadium at the foot of the mountains. This is the side named by the Dragons and it's a pretty strong one with uh, a few NRL boys uh, in the squad. Toro Sloan is in the fullback role and Jonathan Rubin returns on one wing alongside Trey Stewart. Ethan Clarkwood and Max Fiena, who was very good on the weekend as well. He's in the centres. Uh, no Cameron Cryer, so Mitch Francis slots into that 5-8 role. Unsure if Cameron's got an injury. We'll uh, try and do a bit of research with what's happening uh, with that there. Uh, Jaden Sullivan is the halfback up front. Uh, Jaden Hunt, Connor Mulheisen and also Josh Kerr. Well, the back row is strong. Jack Kazevsky, Billy Burns, and Tyra Fumiono, who's only been playing limited minutes off the bench in first grade. He'll be locking the scrum to try and get some minutes under his belt. And then the bench is Brad Dietz, Pawasa Farmasuli, Jackson Ford, and George Burgess, both on the interchange bench for the Dragons. That may change a little bit closer to kickoff, but a very good side name there by uh, by the Red V. So let's hope they can uh, get the competition points and uh, continue uh, to move themselves uh, up the ladder in this uh, New South Wales Cup system. Meanwhile, for the Dragons, Jersey Flake, their under-21 side, they had that big win last weekend. A couple of big ins this week, Johnny, for them. Cooper Roberts and Josh Corrick are both uh, coming back. We'll, we'll get your thoughts on that in, in, in just a moment before. Uh, but, but, but while uh, I've, I've got you, we'll just uh, run through that uh, that lineup for the Dragons. Callum Gromick at the back. Cooper Roberts slots onto the wing. Alongside Alex Lobb, he's played a fair bit of reserve grade and uh, was uh, was kicking goals on the weekend as well uh, for the Dragons' uh, Jersey Fleek side. Ben Johnson and Jack Bostock, the uh, the new Dolphins signing, he's in the centres again with Zach Herring and Braxton Wallace, the halves. Uh, Brass McNone and Josh Corrick slotting into the prop position with Declan Purcell in at hooker and the back row of Hayden Budd, Jackson Sherub, Phoenix Vedanabua, Infinity, and then the bench, Sam Hooper, the captain, drops to the bench. Toby Catchman there alongside Nicholas Sagranis, the St. George SG ball rep that got uh, his first game um, of the season at Belmore on Friday and Harley Sanchez. It's a pretty good Dragons jersey flag side when you look through some of those names, uh, Johnny, and they'll be looking to uh, get a victory over the Panthers, who traditionally are very, very strong in this competition as well. Yeah, look, it will be a battle, but it is a very strong Dragons side, and with the likes of Josh Corrick and Jackson Sherub um, dropping back into this side, and then you've got Toby Couchman on the bench there, and 
I'm a bit of a fan of this Bryce McGowan, the the big bopper up Mm. the middle, and Jack Bostock, who we've seen as an absolute try-scoring machine. Um, There's points of plenty in this Dragon side, and there's a bit of mongrel up front, but they're going to have to be on their best this week. Um, They've got a pretty classy halfback, the Panthers, in Connor Mason. Um, Keep an eye on him. He's he's an absolute talent there, the number seven for the Panthers. So um, it will be an exciting game and and a huge night out there for the Dragons at at Bluebet Stadium. Um, You know, that'll be the first game. It'll be three games out there on the Friday night. So... um, Huge night out there for the Dragons. Uh, looking at the New South Wales Cup table, the Dragons currently in ninth, five wins, six losses and a bye. Um, so they find themselves on equal amount of points with the Knights. Knights have got a better for and against than the Red V. But only two points adrift to the seventh place Raiders and sixth place Rabbitohs. Uh, so they're taking on uh, the Penrith Panthers uh, this week and that uh, is going to be a, a big game uh, for, for the Dragons. Panthers top of the ladder, nine wins, two losses, one bye. Only conceded 152 points all season. So despite missing some key players, they are going to be a pretty stern test for the Dragons. And just before we finish our lower grade wrap, we'll take a look at the Jersey Fleet Cup ladder. And the Dragons with uh, that win, uh, back-to-back wins over the last uh, few weeks, six wins, two draws, three defeats, are currently sitting in third on 16 points. The Roosters by far and away the, the top side in the league on 20 points, the Knights 18. Well, the Panthers on 14, just below the Dragons in fourth. So some cracking matchups here, especially in the Jersey Fleet comp, three up against four. Uh, it should be, uh, should be a cracker there for Willie Talau and his men. Hopefully the Dragons uh, can get the job done out there at the foot of the mountains on Friday afternoon. So let's uh, jump across from our uh, lower grade wrap-up to finish the podcast by taking a look at your fans' corner questions for this week. And Johnny, let's jump into them. Our first one is from Jesse Godfrey, and he's asked a pretty simple question. Hey, Jack, uh, J- Johnny and Jack, my question is regarding Tarek Sims and Ben Hunt. Will they back up against an informed cowboy side just 48 hours after Origin 1? Yeah, definitely they will. Um, the Dragons will want them to back up, and I think the the quick turnaround's better. You, you hear them, hear the players talk about they'd rather play the Friday night after the Wednesday rather than the Sunday. Um, so I think they both will back up, and I think we need them to back up because the Cowboys are a pretty um, red hot side. And uh, you know, if we're going to sort of start knocking off some of these better teams, we need mm. to start with knocking off the Cowboys and um, continue this good run of form. Uh, Luke Terracini has asked, we're halfway through the season, which is probably enough time to start making judgments on our roster. How do you think our new signings have gone so far this season? Burgess, Gazevsky, Mbai, Moga, Molo, Sua, Suli, and Woods. My opinion is a big tick for Molo, Sua, and Suli. Pass mark for Mbai and Woods based on what we're paying for them anyway. Burgess hasn't been great. Gazevsky is no good. Moga was okay on the weekend, but not quick enough for the wing in my opinion. What do you reckon on that, Johnny? Fair fair comments there, I'd say, from, from Luke, at least in terms of the, the players that are, are getting a tick for the first 12 weeks of the season. Oh, mate, I think Luke's spot on. He, he he can get on the podcast next week, Jack, I reckon, and he, he can run the show because he was absolutely spot on with those selections. He gets a huge tick from me. So, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree as well. I think uh, Molo's been very strong in the middle. We probably haven't even seen the best of Jaden Sewer, but the, the fact that everyone's kind of over the moon with him shows that he's having a really good season. And Moses Suley has been fantastic out, um, out on the edge. And uh, yeah, I'd say that there are a few there that probably haven't necessarily been pulling their weight, but I, I do agree with him on Embi and Woods, considering they, they, aren't, uh, they aren't getting too much, uh, too much catch, certainly not, not uh, from the Dragons uh, side of, of things. Uh, Michael Crossland has asked, Johnny, the Dragons are sitting just outside the eight with a bye this week. The next three opponents are the Cowboys, South and Canberra. Not easy games during the origin period. Three from three isn't impossible. Two from three is realistic. Do you see the season slipping away if they can't get at least two wins in their next three matches? Does our poor four uh, does our does our poor four and against worry you? Says uh, says Michael. 
Yeah, look, I think if the poor four and against does, if, if you look at the ladder at the moment, we're just outside the eight and Souths are just inside the eight. But they've got, an, I think it's about an 80 point points differential mm. um, between that. So it does come down to, to four and against there at the pointy end of the season, especially when you're hovering around that eighth, eighth seventh and, and ninth spot. Um, out of the games we've got coming up, you said the Cowboys, Souths and then, then the Raiders. Mm. Uh, look, if, if we can knock off two, which I think is, is a huge chance, and those ones would be against Souths and Canberra. Um, it can really, really put us in good stead. And, you know, those if we beat South, I think that that's our sort of chance there to jump into the eight. If we can beat Canberra and a couple of those sides in and around that seven and eight and nine sort of spot, uh, it could potentially put us a couple of points in front of those teams that are a little bit lower than us on the ladder. So, yeah, the next four weeks are super important for the Dragons. Yeah, I think it's vital, Johnny. I, I don't think we can afford to to drop any more than one game in those next three weeks because, as you mentioned, we've got the Cowboys in Townsville, the Rabbitohs at home at Wynn Stadium, uh, Canberra at Wynn Stadium again. But then we've got some tricky games because we've got an informed Broncos side, assuming they'll still be in form on, on Sunday, the 10th of July, uh, away in Brisbane. And then you've got the Roosters um, up there at Central Coast Stadium at Gosford. So uh, it's not an easy run. And, and with away trips uh, against Cronulla, uh, Canberra, and the West Tigers over the, the final kind of eight weeks of the season. It is those matches, be uh, they take on even more importance than perhaps what we thought uh, earlier uh, in the season. Our last two questions come from Paul Zions and Sunil Gopanath. Paul has asked, Johnny, I find it interesting to see that our wins this year are six out of seven in day matches and zero out of five at night. What do you think the reason is for this? With a couple of huge night matches coming up, do we need to be grittier and smarter with possession to win at night? Yeah, it's always a, a controversial topic when you talk about this, the day games versus the night games mm. and winning in days and not winning the nights. And I remember years ago, Manly could never, ever win a night game. Then they were the best on a Sunday afternoon at Brookvale. Mm. And I did hear someone say, well, they got no lights there at Brookvale at work, so they don't ever train during the day. <laughs> but you, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know if there's a, a science to it, a mathematics Could just be a coincidence, couldn't it? Is, but it's just, a, it's just a coincidence. I bet you if we had a look at the teams they played at night, I, re- I reckon it might be the Storm, uh, your Panthers and teams like that. But, yeah, look, it is always brought up in discussion. And, um, you know, you, you people that love the game and, and love the, the Dragons or whatever team you follow, they sort of come and find these stats. And, look, they are interesting stats. And it's good to talk about. But, you know, oh, <laughs> it's got me beat if you're a better team at night or a better team at day. Uh, Sunil Gopanath finishes off our fans' quarter questions, Johnny, by asking, uh, did Junior Moan kick in general play in lower grades? Hunt has no confidence currently in his short kicking game. Could Junior take on this role? We can't close out games unless we can regularly get some repeat sets. Yeah, look, we talked about it before. Junior can kick, and I'd like to see him get more ball. He's never really had to be the dominant kicker in the teams that he's played in. But, um, look, he, he can kick. He has got a handy kicking game. and I think it needs to be a plan B to actually go to junior um, you know, equally as, mount, as much as what it goes to Ben Hunter in the games. Yeah, some big moments uh, there you feel for uh, young Junior Moan and a big thanks for Sunil uh, for that question for this week on the podcast. That also brings us to the end of episode 124. Johnny, big thanks to you. I know you've got to rush off the footy train tonight, mate, so I appreciate you jumping on board and talking everything about the Dragons. Nice to not have to worry about the two points this week, mate, and uh, yeah, let's hope that uh, things keep trending in a northerly direction for the Red V. Uh, all good, mate. Let's hope that Benny Hunt and Tarek Sims get through the origin period unscathed and back to club football and playing their best 
brand of rugby league for the Dragons. Yes, that's what we want. Hopefully a bit more momentum from those players as well if they uh, come back from a winning camp. Uh, that uh, That is the hope for Dragons fans. Uh, but coming through uh, without injury is probably the most important thing. A big thanks to all of you that have tuned into the Red V podcast tonight. I hope you've enjoyed episode 124. Myself and Johnny are out of here, but we'll be back next Tuesday for a brand new episode where we'll be previewing the big match against the North Queensland Cowboys on episode 125 of the Red V podcast. But until then, stay safe. God bless. Jack Clifton and Johnny Pett signing off from the Red V podcast. Let's go those mighty dragons. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.